95.5. This is Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Luke Cortino is a globally renowned holistic lifestyle coach in the field of integrative medicine and his approach towards prevention and healing revolves around the four pillars of balanced nutrition, adequate exercise, quality sleep and emotional detox. His programs work across preventative and medicine as well as cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular and autoimmune disease. He has positively impacted the health of children and adults to achieve their health and wellness goals and he is the co-founder of Reset Holistic Living Concepts, a one-of-a-kind facility for individuals who are Voyaging towards holistic well-being. He is an advisor and head of integrative lifestyle and nutrition at Pure Nutrition as well. And he's an author of a number of books, including The Great Indian Diet with Shilpa Shetty, uh, The Dry Fasting Miracle, From Deprive to Thrive, and The Magic Weight Loss Pill, Lifestyle with Anushka Shetty. Welcome back to Life Beats. Luke, so good to have you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, first of all, happy International Yoga Day. We are celebrating with you this year, Luke. And you are very much someone who really looks at holistic health, as we've been saying. And that, you know, really is the best way to look out for our well-being. Because medicine is important. We know that. But there is so much more to health and healing beyond medicine, isn't there? Absolutely. When we look at the human body, we're all interconnected. We can't look at diabetes by only looking at blood sugar levels. We need to look at the heart, we need to look at the kidneys, the pancreas, everything. So I think we need medicine, there's no doubt about that. Medicine saves lives, it helps us with disease, but we got to integrate that with so much with so much beyond medicine. Like our lifestyle, the food that we eat, the kind of activity we put our bodies through, the quality of our sleep and of course our stress levels emotional stress, chronic stress. So when we integrate all of this together, we have a chance to recover from even the deadliest diseases. And we have a bigger chance to even prevent the onset of diseases and ailments. One of the practices that you talk about uh, as part of a healthy lifestyle is, of course, yoga as well. It's an ancient practice and science, but somehow it's just become this trend. And we talk a lot more about yoga pants and yoga mats, I think, than actual <laughs> yoga itself and, and the benefits of it. Um, so first of all, I'd love for you to kind of take us through, you know, what really are kind of some of the different kinds of yoga and the benefits of yoga for us? So like you rightly said, you know, uh, everything becomes a fad. Human beings have this, you know, brilliant way of taking a simple concept, simple yet powerful and making it into a fad. When it comes down to yoga, a lot of people have a misconception that it's related to a particular religion, which it isn't. It's related to, you know, just chanting, which it isn't. Yoga is a way of life. It's not just about complicated positions and twisted bodies. Those are asanas. Those are positions that, you know, you move from one position to another. So if you want to reach a headstand, it's a journey. You just don't start doing a headstand. You start with flexibility of the back, opening up the hip joints, the hamstrings, and then you lead towards that, keeping your breath in control. So for me, yoga is really a way of life because, you know, a lot of people do their one hour of yoga in the morning and that's it. It's like a to-do list done, but they don't practice the concept of yoga, which is their posture during their day when they're sitting at office, when they're sitting in their cars. They don't practice pranayama, which is breathing, which you learn in your one hour class. 
they do it in the one hour class but then when they're in office they're in the car when they're socializing they forget the breath they forget that they go to focus on their inhale and they exhale so when you make yoga a part of your life that's when it has every benefit to do not just with your physical health but your emotional your mental health as well everything gets better when you embrace yoga as a concept of living so yoga's traditional like you said there are many forms and we should respect all of them except the fads there's beer yoga there's goat yoga there's all of that stuff these are just money making machines but traditional yoga focuses on you being gentle with your body if you can't sit cross leg that's absolutely fine there are other postures that when you practice sitting you will eventually be able to sit cross leg so there are different traditions we should respect them select a tradition that is close to your heart that is meaningful and that makes sense to you don't look around and see what the world is doing you select a concept that works for you and then do it with discipline and consistency you know you touched on something really important there that there are actually uh, different kinds and you have to pick what works for you and what will help you um i i know of some people who have tried yoga and said never again um you know they either got injured they got bored it had they didn't see any benefit to their life and so they just left it so let's kind of go from like okay so how do you know how do you know what kind of yoga is going to be good for you how do you even pick you know like a class or a teacher so number 1 it's got to make sense to you why am i doing this you know a lot of people don't even do yoga but they practice different paths they exercise they walk they're flexible they're kind they practice compassion so mm-hmm. like i said yoga is a way of life we don't have to do asanas to reach that point but i always tell people you know you'll know it because you feel good number 1 number 2 is you'll be motivated to do it consistently when we force ourselves to do things we do it for a week and then we stop doing it because we don't like it anymore like you rightly said a lot of people got injured you need the right teacher with yoga you're supposed to reduce injury not get more injured that means your teacher's possibly pushed you into asanas which you're not yet ready for so the teacher is very very important someone who understands your body you can't put 10 people in a class and expect them to do the same movement because everyone's unique and different mm. so a good yoga teacher would be able to identify these 10 people and push them slowly or guide them and nurture them into asanas over time and then the third thing is you feel so good your posture starts getting better your blood flow you just feel you reach a point where you can't start your day without doing your pranayama or yoga that's when you know it's become part of your life so a lot of people get demotivated there are weeks where i go without yoga as well because i just wake up and i don't feel like doing it so i don't push myself to do it i know i'm just going through a phase right now so i may go for a walk instead i may not do any pranayama that day i may just sit and do some guided meditation and then two days later i'm back into the lifestyle of getting back to my yoga so a lot of us as human beings we try to put ourselves into extremes that we must do it every day for 1 hour no yoga teaches us to embrace it and practice it into our life we don't have to do yoga every day it's a nice practice but people who feel they can't do it every day doesn't mean it's not good for them do it 3 times a week do it once a week it's still yoga start somewhere and one of the kind of biggest benefits that we hear about for yoga is the ability for it to to help us deal with stress um uncertainty and particularly isolation as well you know a lot of us have been in lockdown or are still in lockdown and it actually has been helping people to maintain their well-being so i'd kind of love for you to kind of speak to that how does yoga help us to relieve stress uh, you spoke about breathing the importance of breathing there so 
How does all of that work together? So the basic concept of yoga is you start with a movement, like an asana. It could be the simplest asana. You could do one or two or three. And then you sit down and you do your pranayama, which is your breathing exercises. So you've worked out the physical body. Now you breathe and you calm down the mental body. And then you move into meditation. So it's asana to pranayama to your meditation. Now, there are a lot of misconceptions. And that's why people give up yoga and meditation. Because they go in with the mindset that I will never have stress again once I do yoga and meditation. But that's not true. Yoga and meditation, you may have all the stress in the world, but it teaches us how to react to that stress. You know, so someone doing yoga and meditation doesn't mean they're without life problems. You may have so much of stress, but the concept of looking inwards, which is your meditation, control over your breath, you know, that helps us to determine our reaction to stress. So right now, I may have five stressful problems in my life, but it's how I react to them. Am I letting it take over my life? Is it, am I letting it control my reaction, my emotions? Is it controlling the way I think and behave? That is when stress is bad for us. But today I've done my yoga, I've done my meditation. I have a problem in front of me right now, but I choose not to react. I'm very calm. I'm focused on my breath. I know it's a problem. I know I have choices. Which choice am I going to make? Am I going to make an emotional reaction? Or am I going to take a step back, you know, and react to the problem with grace, with logic? You know, that's a big difference. So stress either consumes us or it stays in its place and we learn how to manage it in our life. And that is what meditation and yoga helps us with. I think that's missing for a lot of people. There is no one. You, you, you've got to be dead to not have any issues, any problems in your life. But it's exactly Absolutely. it's that mindset helping you to focus the mind and to breathe through it and to, you know, really come to a state where you are actually able to make decisions. You know, that is a big one. Clarity of thought. Because let's use an example. We're all dealt the same hand right now. Lockdown and the virus. Everyone, whether you're a billionaire, millionaire, whether you're in, you know, the UAE, whether you're in India or New York City, everyone's dealt the same hand of lockdown. Okay? Now, there are two ways people will react. One is with fear and anxiety and it will consume them. Other people will realize that, okay, this is a problem. Now, what is the best I can do with this? What is the best I can make out of this? You know, so they'll start looking at what they have, developing new skills, making new revenue streams, learning a language, whatever. But the same problem, two different outlooks, clarity of thought. That's where meditation and yoga comes in. You have the same problem, but two different, completely two different reactions to it. I'm just feeling everything that you're saying right now as we speak, <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Getting that clarity of thought as we move into the next segment. Uh, but definitely, you've got questions coming in. Uh, and we want to talk about flexibility next. Uh, Luke, uh, after the break, we want to talk about flexibility, energy and strength. Because you've even got athletes. You've got weight uh, lifters and bodybuilders who practice yoga you know why is all of that important how does yoga help somebody's asking about uh, yoga for weight loss so lots of different things that we are still going to be covering with luke cotino that's all next here on life beats pulse 95 95 this is life beats life beats with sally musa sally musa only on pulse 95 pulse 95 we are live with Luke Katina, holistic lifestyle expert and coach and uh, author of so many brilliant books all about how to heal through lifestyle. Lifestyle is the drug. And part of that is yoga. We are celebrating World Yoga Day today with you, Luke. Now, um, 
questions about increasing energy. We, we hear about the ability of yoga to increase our energy. So how does yoga do that? Pranayama, that's the easiest way to increase your energy. Like right now, everyone, all of your audience, you know, they just sit with their back straight and they focus on their inhale and exhale. They take a long inhale, maybe four seconds, five seconds, six seconds. They hold it for three seconds and then they do a longer exhale. So the inhale was four seconds. The exhale, maybe eight to 10 seconds. They do six counts of this and then they stand up and they will feel a surge of energy in their body. It works on the simple principle of oxygenating our cells. Now, when we get involved in our day-to-day activities, we forget to breathe. All of us shallow breathe, especially when we're stressed. So we don't provide enough of oxygen, which is the life force. Pranayama is prana. Prana is the life force, oxygen. So when you do yoga, you improve your breathing. You align your breathing. And that's why you can finish a yoga class and everyone will feel energized. So after your yoga class, imagine I'm, I'm on a flight or I'm at work, I'm in a stressful meeting, but I'm focusing on my breath. Inhale, exhale. I'm in control. I will be energized mentally as well as physically. So that's how yoga and the breath energizes us automatically on the principle of anatomy and science. Because that's something you talk about, you know, doing yoga in the morning, you know, instead of having your morning coffee and trying to get the energy from there, replacing that with a a yoga. So do you need to do like, what, five, ten minutes of that or, or how does that work or do you need an hour or... Six deep breaths would take you more less than two minutes. That's enough to energize you. If you have time, do 15 minutes of pranayama. If you have time, do an hour of yoga. See, coffee isn't bad. I think the mistake with coffee is people have it on an empty stomach. And the second thing is they think it's energy. Coffee is a stimulant, so it's like a drug. What happens is it boosts your energy levels, and then once the effect of caffeine comes down, you have a crash. And that's why people have more and more and more coffee. I have no problem with coffee, but it's, it's a false sense of energy. It's a stimulant. If you want real energy that your cells run on throughout the day, your immune system, your brain, that comes in from your food, that comes in from your activity, and that comes in from your breathing and a good night of sleep. So we shouldn't confuse energy with stimulants. Enjoy your coffee. No problem. Do it the right way. But you want constant real energy that your body needs for survival. It comes through your breath. Let's talk about strength and flexibility. It's in, interesting because you see um, bodybuilders doing yoga uh, and you know we, we've heard about the importance of flexibility, but why is that actually important? And particularly as we age, as we grow older, why does that matter? How does yoga help? So we look at two sets of people today in their early 50s and 60s. A lot of them cannot even get out of a chair without assistance. They struggle to get out of a chair. A lot of elderly people. Now, when we look at flexibility, you have to look at the anatomy of the human body. We have muscle, we have tissue, we have cartilage and joints. All of these have to have flexibility. If it doesn't, if it's not flexible, it starts getting stiffer and stiffer. Example, okay, you're on a long flight, you're traveling economy. The moment the flight lands, when you get up, your body's stiff, every muscle is stiff because you haven't moved. You know, you've lost that principle of flexibility. And now when you stand up and walk a little bit, your blood circulation will start and you'll feel better. So as we age, if we're not flexible, everything gets tighter and tighter. And if you look today, most people who have sedentary jobs, who sit most of the time, I know it's one big problem in the UAE where people drive a lot and they spend a lot of time in the car. They're in a sitting position. So their sciatica, their lower back, their hamstrings, these are all tight. 
they pull on each other, causing one of the most common problems in the UAE, which is lower back pain and sciatica. But now, if I keep those muscles and those tissues and those cartilages flexible through a yoga practice or regular movement, I don't even want to call it yoga, stretching, okay? I'm able to circulate blood, which means I don't have to have a problem if I sit too long. So flexibility is important, especially if we have a sedentary lifestyle. And bodybuilders do it. Not all bodybuilders do it. The smart ones do it. Because you have a lot of muscle, but you could be very stiff. And that decreases your aesthetic look when you're on stage at competition. So the bodybuilders who do flexibility, they have more muscle definition, more aesthetics. And that's why when you're holistically looking at a body, you want physical strength, you want flexibility, you want emotional strength, you want mental strength, and you also want spiritual strength. That is holistic living. Absolutely. And um, when we're looking at yoga as a form of therapy, this is something else that yoga is used for. So what kind of conditions actually can yoga therapy be used for? How is that different from doing a yoga class daily, weekly, whatever? So there's a big difference between a yoga teacher and a yoga therapist. So a teacher can teach you to do the asanas and take you to a beautiful class well planned. A yoga therapist will sit with you, spend maybe an hour, diagnose the root cause of your problems, and then they will use yoga to help you with those problems. So let's say you have arthritis. Okay, arthritis causes a certain stiffness in your joints. So you may be eating the right food, taking the medicine that your doctor gave you, but yoga therapy will help you work with that pain at a physical level. So it's a beautiful therapy. It can work with your skin as well, because again, yoga, like I said, is a way of life. It also includes the way you eat. So if you want better skin, the number one reason for poor skin is a deficiency of vitamins and minerals, poor nutrition, too much junk, lack of sleep, lack of movement. So when we say yoga, can it improve your skin? Absolutely, because certain movements help us to detoxify. They put certain pressures on our lymphatic system, on our lungs, on our kidney, so we can even break out into a sweat, which is detoxification. Even through pranayama, we can detoxify because we take an oxygen, we give out carbon dioxide. So you see, it's a therapy in whole. It's a science and it's a therapy and it should be used. We should never use it to replace something. You know, when we talk about holistic medicine, we respect every form of it. Alternative medicine works in silo with one another, but integrative takes everything. So I may have a patient who's on chemotherapy, but also on yoga therapy because she has side effects of movements and swelling in the arms or lymphoderma and so many different things. So I think we should bring the best of everything that exists in, you know, in view of the patient's health. And whatever can help the patient is what we should utilize. And certainly, you know, as you often talk about as well, and we've mentioned here in this discussion, um, you know, part of healing, part of healing from whatever condition that you have is being able to use the power of the mind and how we feel and that's where yoga can help as well. You know, if somebody is going through chemotherapy, is going through some, you know, something really tough, that's where yoga can help as well, can't it? Absolutely. Like, let me give you an example. I think uh, over the last couple of uh, weeks in Dubai, we must have had 100 plus patients go through chemotherapy. What we teach them is to use their mind. While the chemo is, while they're being administered, the chemo, they close their eyes, they're breathing in control. And they're visualizing that the chemo is actually good for them. It's killing the cancer, keeping them healthy. So we're making their subconscious mind believe that the chemo is actually good for them. 
because we all know that chemo is actually a cytotoxin everyone googles the side effects and then they go in and take the drug with fear and when you do that it's worse for you so we teach people through yoga and meditation that you can use the power of your mind to change the concept of what you're going through so literally you are programming your subconscious mind to believe that your treatment is the best thing for you because everyone sees a cancer treatment as something very negative for the right reasons because they google the side effects and it comes out as negative but you got to trick the subconscious mind into believing that it is good for you so when a patient's taking a pill if you're taking a pill and you think it's going to have side effects and destroy you don't take it because it's going to destroy you take the pill with faith that it's going to work for you that is using the power of your mind because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between a lie and truth it doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality that means we have the ability to fill our subconscious mind with whatever we want it to and that's exactly how it will dictate the behavior or the behavior of a drug within our body in our external lives and everything else it's powerful stuff i tell you we've got more questions to get to uh, after the break with luke talking about weight loss talking about thyroid issues can yoga help with thyroid issues lots more to come here on pulse 95 This is Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa. Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. We are back with Luke Coutinho, holistic lifestyle expert, and we are talking yoga today. And one of the things that we get questions about, Luke, is yoga for weight loss. Can yoga help with weight loss? So uh Sally weight loss is multifactorial. There's no one thing that works for weight loss. It is everything from your sleep to the health of your hormones to the kind of activity you do, whether you're overtraining, undertraining, your nutrition, your emotional wellness because we all know that when you have a lot of stress, your body tends to store more fat. So yoga plays a huge role in weight loss, but it's not your magic pill alone. You know when we have yoga in our life we become more flexible a lot of people who are stiff they have more lactic acid in their body so yoga helps us with flexibility it also helps us to control our diet you know when you have a really good yoga class after that observe yourself for 1 to 2 hours you have no cravings for sugar you have no cravings for carbs because you're breathing well you got blood circulation happening for you so definitely yoga can help you with weight loss because there are certain asanas and positions where you hold it for 1 minute, 2 minutes, 3 minutes and you'll be dripping with sweat on your yoga mat. So if you have a really good teacher and a really good sequence, it can, but it's multifactorial. It's got to be backed with your proper nutrition, good quality sleep, your emotional wellness and everything else. But yes to answer that question, yoga can help you with weight loss and fat loss. Are there certain types of yoga that might be better for um say working up a sweat than others because from my experience I don't really sweat very much when I do yoga yeah so it's different you know i mean traditionally yoga is never supposed to be done in an air conditioned environment but of course you're in mm. the uae and you should do that in the summer it's like you know take your favorite asana and if you usually hold it for 20 to 30 seconds hold it for 2 to 3 minutes and you're going to feel like your body's completely worked out you know So viewers may want to try that and then you find that you because you use all your muscles to hold that position you use your core to stabilize you into that asana so it's really powerful and then you can work with your teacher and take 3 to 4 asanas which you hold for 2 to 3 to 4 minutes and believe me that's a fabulous workout for fat loss 
I love that. I think uh, that is definitely worth trying. Uh, Leila has a question. Uh, she says, I have been having thyroid issues. Can yoga help with that? It can definitely help. But again, thyroid is multifactorial. She's, she needs to be looking at her stress levels. She needs to be doing a test called an anti-TPO and an ATG to first determine whether her thyroid is an underactive thyroid or it's a Hashimoto's thyroid, which means her own immune system is attacking her thyroid. Then she's got to look at her nutrition for sure. And uh, of course, the sleep. A lot of people have thyroid problems because they have sleep deprivation. So the thyroid gland slows down your entire endocrine system. So it's multifactorial, but yes, there are asanas that help you stimulate the thyroid function. So you can find a good teacher or look it up online, but there are great asanas to help you with your thyroid. Mm, okay. Uh, now, for 2020, for World Yoga Day, the theme is yoga for health, yoga at home. Obviously, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, most of us have had to learn how to just exercise at home away from everyone else. And actually, yoga fits really well into that, into, you know, just having a small space that you can be in and be with and just do that. Do your asanas and um, and practice yoga at home for good health. So your advice for people who want to do that at home? Yeah, so like you rightly said, all you need is a, a, a yoga mat, a little space and the right attitude. And of course, you want to learn yoga the right way. So now, you know, you can't go out, you can't go for physical classes, but there are a lot of free, really good classes up on YouTube. You know, so start with beginner courses. You know, find a teacher online who does classes every single day. A lot of them are free. In fact, if you go onto the reset page, we have our own yoga teachers doing classes every single morning and you're free to tune into that and learn yoga. And as you go through the process, you watch and you learn and you practice. You know, don't get into complicated asanas if you're a beginner because you don't want to get injured. Start off with the basics. It takes time. And once you get through the basics, then you can move more into complicated asanas. But I think it's brilliant if you do it at home. And most people today are forced to do it at home because they can't go for a group class. So everyone is right now is currently doing yoga from home. And like I said, there are beautiful sites on the Internet. Find a teacher. Make sure it makes sense to you. You can do it and just start doing it. The first step of yoga is to start doing it. And I think there is enough of content online for people to start yoga. What about for kids, yoga for kids? Because, you know, schools have been off pretty much, you know, until the end of this academic year and summer break activities have been cancelled a lot of the time. So what about yoga for kids, kids doing yoga at home to stay active? I think they should do it. And, you know, when you look at parents doing it, you see a lot of kids automatically start imitating them. They start copying their parents. And I think it's brilliant for kids to start yoga at an early age because they're already flexible. And it each also teaches them how to slow down. You know, today a lot of kids are addicted to the phone and to iPads and games. And, you know, so their dopamine rush is always so high that they get bored when they don't have any gadgets in place. I think there should be a fine balance of yoga. They have to learn how to hold their positions, learn how to sit down and breathe. There are fabulous apps for children as well. There's Calm, there's Insight Timer that has yoga for kids specifically. So even on YouTube, there are so many kids' classes happening. So I think people should use technology for this right now. But get your kids into a discipline. Put in 15 minutes of yoga in their day so it becomes a habit and a lifestyle at some point. Yeah, make it uh, part of what they do every day. Uh, Somebody who is a huge yoga fan is Shilpa Shetty. 
and you are doing something very special with uh, Shilpa. Tell us a little bit more. We can't reveal everything, but uh, tell us a little bit more of what's happening today. So today at five o'clock, if people really want to know what's going to happen, they can tune into uh, Instagram Shilpa Shetty's handle, where the Sports Minister of India is going to be launching a piece of work that Shilpa and I have been working on, and that is actually going to be given free to the world. It's going to be an ebook which is downloaded free across India and the world, and it's actually going to help people add value to their immune systems and their life in the most inexpensive way. So we've been working on this for the last couple of weeks because we really feel it's a requirement in today's world. I'm not going to share any more details right now, but if people want to find out, five o'clock Indian Standard Time on Shilpa Shetty's uh, Instagram handle, and you will soon know what's going to happen, and you would soon have access to that by the first of July as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting, but more than that. I am looking forward to the value. We are looking forward to the value it's going to add to people's lives: children, elderly citizens, young adults, teenagers, and everyone. You know, immunity has been the biggest thing, and you know we've spoken to you on the show before about immunity, particularly in light of COVID nineteen, as well. What is your biggest takeaway for people when it it comes to their immunity and really making sure that it's as strong as it can be? So immunity is the first and last line of defense in the human body, and today everyone's just googling for the best foods for immunity, the best yoga asanas, you know, all of that stuff, you know, multivitamins. But the way I see it over my practice in immunology over the last couple of years, it's not about what you should have; it's about what you should not do. The quickest ways to break down your immunity: junk food, processed food, salt, sugar in excess. Number two: sedentary lifestyle. No movement, no exercise. Number three, which is the biggest, sleep deprivation. Today, science has shown us that two to three to four nights of sleep deprivation can demolish your immune system by 60 to 70 percent. And this research has been published, and it's not done on rats and mice; it's done on real human beings. So that should be enough to motivate us to get our sleep in order if we want strong immune systems. What does sleep? Your- yeah, what does sleep yeah. deprivation actually look like? So sleep deprivation is when we wake up tired, wanting to sleep more, but we can't because we got to get up and start our day. Sleep deprivation is when we sleep at different times every night. We compromise our sleep to watch Netflix, consume content, socialize, all of that stuff. So we're not saying stop all of that. We're saying organize your day, but your body needs quality sleep, and you need to give your body that sleep for your own immune system. You may be able to get through your day with coffee after coffee, stimulant after stimulant, but that doesn't change the fact. That your immune cells require sleep for rejuvenation, for repair, and for growth. And the fourth thing that robs you of your immunity is chronic stress, fear, anxiety, chronic emotional stress. Your immune system dips. So these are the four things that we try to train people on. Okay, not about what you should do for your immunity, what you shouldn't do that is destroying your immune system. Yeah, forget forget everything else. If you're not doing the basics, it's nothing. Uh, it's going to work. All your garlic and your parsley, your mushrooms. All of that's going to be useless if you cannot get the fundamentals right. It is so true. It is so true. Lastly, before I let you go, Luke, it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. You Thank have you so an absolutely beautiful daughter, which we see featured on uh, your social media. <laughs> Just remind us of her name. Tiana. 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 She's absolutely yeah. gorgeous. She's just like her dad. 
and um, you, you know, like <laughs> she's you. um she's so smart and she's so fabulous. You know, we would love to hear from you, um, Luke, about your experience of being a dad. What is the best thing for you about being a dad? This is a question that we are asking our favorite dads today. So tell us, what is the best <laughs> thing about being a dad? So, you know, I've always been the kind of guy who got into so many relationships throughout my life searching for unconditional love. I wanted to experience what it was. Okay, and I went through a lot of relationships, never finding unconditional love. I found great love, love, but not that kind of love which would make me, you know, I want to I want to be able to give unconditional love. But I found that being a father, you know, with Tiana, it is unconditional love to every definition. And it doesn't mean I don't love my mom. I don't love my dad. I don't love my wife. No, but I'm being honest that to add that unconditional word to it. Okay, I can only do that with Tiana and fatherhood is Taught, has taught me that unconditional love it's also taught me i've learned so many lessons from her i've learned the power of innocence the power of forgiveness you know because sometimes i could make her cry by teasing her by not giving her what she wants and she'll cry but within five minutes she's forgotten it she's like literally forgiven you without even trying to so when we see how children can forgive and let go so easily you know, I learned from that. I learned from that. If they can do it, we're the same human beings. The only thing stopping us from doing it is our own ego and our pride. So there is so much to learn from children. It's just brilliant. The journey is just absolutely brilliant. So beautiful. Okay, two more questions. What's the hardest thing about being a dad? So I think in my line of work, uh, you know, every time, every time I have to treat patients who have sick children, you know, children who just get these unrelated tumors in their brains and all of a sudden they're healthy for four, five, six years and then they come down with cancer. I think that's the hardest part because then that's a reminder immediately that, hey, anything can happen. And then I have to really go home and meditate and, you know, ground myself that, okay, that that happened today, but it doesn't have to be her life. But, you know, because I'm constantly dealing with sick children and sick parents, sometimes the human mind gets the better of you. And it makes you think that that could be your daughter as well. Or, you know, my heart goes out to the parents who have that sick child. And then, you know, but it teaches you so much. It teaches you gratitude. So I think that's honestly the hardest part. For everything else, I don't want to give in to the fears that the world brings to us. I'll take it as it comes. As she grows up, I'll take those fears. But the hardest part is the medical aspect of what I do. That's the hardest part. And from your own dad, you were posting about your dad today uh, for Father's Day. What is the greatest thing that you have learned from him? So I think uh, there are a lot of things, but the number one thing is he always said, the more you give, the more you get from your heart. You know, just give, give from your heart. Don't think if you have enough, you don't have enough, just give and you will get. And quite honestly, my entire life, everything I've achieved today is by giving, by giving free information on the internet where everyone said, are you crazy? Why will people come to you? But I built an entire empire out of giving. So that's the best advice he's ever given me. And that's the advice I will pass on to my daughter and everyone out there. Just give from your heart, whether you have or you don't have. It's going to come back to you at the right time, tenfold, twentyfold, twentyfold, maybe, maybe even a hundredfold. So that's the best advice I've got. Luke, that's absolutely beautiful. And it's just been amazing having you on the show today. We're excited for uh, the global book launch that uh, we're all going to be looking out for. But thank you so much and happy Father's Day once again. Thank you so much, Sally. It's always a pleasure seeing you and talking to you. Take care. Thank you for having me.
This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.